chapter 2 verse 38 to 52 she that is Anna came along as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God she talked about this child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem when the parents had fulfilled all their requirements of the law of the Lord they returned to Nazareth in Galilee. Okay. Are you following so far? Now, one of the things you need to understand that between verse 38 and 39, a whole lot of years went by. Okay. okay. Between verse 38 and 39, it, Luke is explaining to a man named Theophilus, who actually one of our members actually has that name, Theophilus, it means lover of God. And a friend of God, either one, uh, and he is explaining to him an account of this person called Jesus Christ. So between verse 38 and 39, he skips the whole flee from Egypt. He skips the whole wise men stuff. He, he's just kind of getting into the life of Jesus as a child. Are you following so far? So that. So, so that you don't get mixed up in context with what's going on here. Verse 40, there, where? In Nazareth, in Galilee, there the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Verse 41, every year, say every year, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Verse 42, when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual, as usual. Every year, as usual. Verse 51, then he returned to Nazareth with his parents and was obedient to them. And verse 52, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the men, or all people. So he had favor of God and favor of people. I, I want to speak to you on a subject, a place where Jesus can grow. A place where Jesus can grow. Um, are there any, uh, I was going to say any children, but I don't want to get in trouble with the parents, so I will switch. Are there any children who like Honey Nut Cheerios? Children, are you, you know, you adults, you adults, okay, uh, this little fella right there, yeah, okay, so I'm going to call you in a moment, and I'm going to give you some Honey Nut Cheerios, okay, this is part of my illustration, I was going to say, uh, I, I'll save it for the next service, because I was going to say, I have Captain Crunch, but, uh, but the sugar content would make parents very upset with me. And so, see, someone said yes. So, 
Therefore, I, uh, I will keep the Captain Crunch under wraps for the next service where there's more young people and they don't seem to care about their health anyway. So <laughs> I'm only kidding. People are like, what happened there in Ethiopia? People need to understand that God, when he sent his son into planet Earth, he, he didn't like just drop him out of heaven. Jesus wasn't some out of space being. He, when he sent Jesus, Jesus had to be sent through some type of people, which means he had to be raised in some type of culture. And those of you who travel to uh, nations outside of uh, the United States, like myself and Elder Kim, we went to Ethiopia. Even as I was preaching, I had, you know, there's a lot of things that I usually do here that I ask Pastor Wartner. I said, is it okay for me to do this? Because I don't want to be offending people when that is not my intent. So Jesus was raised as a uh, Jewish child. He was raised in the Jewish culture. But not only that, but Jesus also had to be raised someplace. Okay? There had to be a location where Jesus lived and where Jesus grew up. And so the scripture tells us here that Jesus grew up in a town called Nazareth in a region called Galilee. Are you with me so far? And the, the name Nazareth, it is uh, translated from a Hebrew word, Netzer, which means a branch or a gem. A branch or a gem. And Hmm? Sure. Okay, that might that was my bad. That was not the uh, it, that was my fault. Okay, so it should be it should be gem. Did I say no? It's germ. No, I'm right. It's germ. Okay, but uh, you can understand. It, it's yeah. It's it's five o'clock in Ethiopia, and I needed a nap already. Okay, so so no germ is right. Germ is right. Germ is right. So Nazareth means a branch or a germ. And in that word germ, we see the word what? Germinate. And if you look up the word germinate, it means to begin to grow. So it is interesting that the town that Jesus was raised in was a place that mean, means branch. And prophetically, Isaiah said that this child is going to be a branch of Jesse. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And isn't it interesting that the place where Jesus was raised, it, it, it means in Hebrew, germ, it, which means uh, to, to begin to grow. Nazareth was an agricultural town. And so it's interesting that Joseph would move to Nazareth, whether he was raised there, because uh, he was born in Bethlehem, which is why he traveled from Nazareth with Mary 90 miles back to Bethlehem from Nazareth. They, apparently they were living there. Maybe he was raised there. But Joseph was a carpenter. and uh, But the town of Nazareth was an agricultural town. So my guess is that Joseph probably had a fairly good business because of the tools that were made were, not, were probably more wood than iron. Everybody follow me so far. Uh, and, and so... Uh, 
he, they lived in this town called Nazareth, which was 90 miles away from uh, Jerusalem, the, the big city, the, the place where there was culture. Now, you need to understand that, that, that Israel, no, Israel, let's say Israel's shaped like an oval. You know it's not, but I'm just trying to make this easy. So the northern part of the region is called uh, Galilee. Now, we would call them maybe states. Okay, So let's say the United States has 50 states. Israel has three states or regions. So there was Galilee, the middle region was Samaria, and then the most southern region was Judea. Are you following so far? And and Jerusalem was located in Judea. So, uh, so Galilee was like the most northern part of Israel, actually leading into another uh, country. Now, here's the point I'm making: is that so the people in uh, Jerusalem or the people in Judea, they were very uh, cultured. Uh, it's the big city and their view of Galilee was not quite nice. Galilee, uh, it means, in Hebrew, it means circle. It means ring. It means rolling. It means turning. And uh, Galilee, which is interesting, Galilee was a region that cultivated, that, that they were people known for their passion. Sort of like New England Patriots fans. You know, very passionate. Uh, very, uh, you better vote for my team or else. You know, a dangerous place for people like Elder Roy. And so... <laughs> but it's it, very passionate. And, but, it, but it was also a place that was known to cultivate revolutionaries. So God strategically makes sure that Jesus is raised in a place which is really cultivating his ministry of being a revolutionary. God specifically chose where you should be born. Tell somebody you're not a mistake. You, you, God chose you specifically where to be born and, and, and who to be raised by. As cray-cray as your parent may be. I think Sister Talit says, uh, God can redeem. <laughs> Are you following this so far? But here's in something interesting, and I would recommend every one of you to read this book during the year at some time. Uh, one of my favorite authors is a guy named Philip Yancey. Anybody like Philip Yancey's writing? Love his writing. And he wrote this, he wrote a book, two books that I really think you should read is What's So Amazing About Grace? And the, his, his, that's a classic, but he has another book called The Jesus I Never Knew. Love that book. Yes, it's an endorsement. And he says about the Jesus I never knew, he says, um, Galileans were considered like uh, uncultured, country bumpkins. 
they 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 were they were the butt they were the butt of ethnic jokes and the reason and I'm talking about ethnic jokes among their own people and we have that going on in America in that people of the Spanish culture they you know they they, they there's a certain people who speak Spanish uh, who who are prejudiced against there's prejudgments against them are you with me same with us who are um, uh, of, of, who are black or those who you know that every culture has a people who they look down on not from people outside of your people group, but people inside of your people group. Now, we all know there was a day when there was that light skin, dark skin thing. Good hair, bad hair thing. Mm-hmm. Can I, can, am, am I there right now? Okay, so we'll just leave that alone. But that, that's not what this is about. But the point is, is that, and, and what he says, Philip Yancey, in his book, he says, and, and other scholars and researchers said, that the reason, the specific reason why they were looked down upon as on culture is that the one of the things that they were known for was their, the way they would butcher, I mean, massacre the Hebrew language. Their accent, their dialect was ferocious. Come on, folks. There are going to be some games where the reporter is going to put a mic in front of somebody who you say, just play football. <laughs> they're, they're, they're turning single syllable words into double syllable words. There are some people, I'm not naming any cultures. I have a two-syllable word. My name is Brian. But there's some places I go that say, what's up, Brian? No, my name's not Brian. <laughs> Brian. Okay, Brian. No, no. Fly. Can you say fly? Fly. Can you say bri? 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 Can you say in? In? Brian. Brian, okay? So the, the people, and that's just the way they are. They shouldn't be judged by their accent. How many of you, just raise your hand, just raise your hand, that, that, that you know how to speak like you are educated. But then when you get around your family and your people, can I get a witness? Your accent comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are some people when I see them around their folks and their accent, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was at the airport and I was telling this woman, we met this woman from North Carolina and she goes to uh, the uh, University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and I said, oh, we have some people at church who went there, blah, 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 and we're talking. And and then I said, I'm, I'm from Boston. And she kind of looked at me strange and then we were talking more and I got a little excited about it. She said, ah! I hear the accent now. And I was like, thank you that it took you that long to hear the accent. That means I am officially not, I officially do not have a Bostonian accent. Oh, you're from Boston, I'll park the car and Harvard, yeah, you shut up. 
My mom was 60 years old. You think this is the first time I heard that joke? Stop. <laughs> but their accent was, their accent was so horrible that when they left Galilee, you know your accent can sound cool until you around other people? Mm-hmm. Their accent was so bad that when a Galilean would leave Galilee, they were not allowed to read the Torah publicly. In other words, if they were traveling and, and they were in a synagogue and it was like, um, um, so we want you to read the Torah publicly and the person raised their hand. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Galilee. Uh, now, nah, nah, can I get somebody else? That's how bad their dialect was. So Jesus chooses a place to be raised. <laughs> that as soon as he opened his mouth, people were like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. So that means he had to be anointed. And it's in this place that Jesus grew up in Nazareth, Galilee. And the question I want to ask you is, are you growing or are you simply learning? I, I heard this uh, from Pastor Chandler, but I know he got it from someone else and this given reference that I didn't make this up. They say that if you say something twice, uh, it belongs to somebody else, but when you say it a third time, it belongs to you, but I'm not going to do that. Um, it, but it says, we learn in isolation, but we can only grow a community. We learn, we learn in isolation. So Galilee, Galilee means circle. It means, it means ring. And when you think about a circle, you're thinking about repetition. Okay? And repetition is the art of learning. Are you following me so far? And, and so as, especially as a black culture, black Americans, we're used to going to church. I know Nigerians are used to going to church. I know Ghanaians are used to going to church. When I went to Ghana, it was amazing being there and people had businesses called Praise, Praise the Lord and Jehovah's my king. Uh, they, may be, they may be cussing, but you know, Jehovah is my king. You know, you can have a religious spirit. Are you with me? Are you with me? My cousin, when he moved from uh, Cambridge to the South, he's like, Brian, I mean, they have tracks in, in, the, in, the, in Walgreens and Bibles they sell in, in regular stores. That would never happen up here. So our culture can be very religious. And Jesus was raised in a religious culture because every year he was brought to Jerusalem for Passover. Are you following me? Uh, uh, he was he was raised in a religious culture. He was he had the repetition of of well, once they came back from uh, Egypt, I don't know what age. Maybe he came back at around four years old or five years old. But let's say five years old for for seven years he kept going to uh, to uh, Jerusalem for Passover and back, going back, going back, and that was part of his DNA, just like some of us. Uh, uh, part of us, our DNA is to come to church on Sunday morning. Are you with me? It's part of us, our DNA, our culture is to pray before service. And, and my point is, is that, that 
So we can learn in isolation. We learn in repetition, but we can only grow in community. Peter says these words, uh, grow, how are we supposed to grow? grow? Grow in grace. That is God's ability to influence. Grace means this, God's influence on my heart. So we're charis, when you get an English with charisma. Charisma is when you just like somebody, you don't know why. We call it the it factor. Charisma is, is God's influence on my heart and the reflection of that influence through my life. So the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see what? The reflection of your good works and give glory to God. So Paul says, uh, Peter says, grow in grace, that is God's ability to influence my heart, my attitude, and that influence be reflected like a mirror through my life. Grow in grace and in the knowledge in the knowledge, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, in the knowledge of God's word. Grow in grace and grow in knowledge. Grow in grace and grow in knowing the ledger. Knowing the ledger. A ledger is what? An account. Well, Cameron Eden, I thought about that. A ledger, he said it. Knowing the ledger. Uh, Paul, not Paul. Luke is, Dr. Luke is saying to Theophilus, I am writing to you, he starts out, Right? And I want to give you an account of this man called Jesus. So know the account. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's all about the word, the word, the word. That's why we had uh, uh, Elder Anita did a wonderful job last week. And, 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 and uh, Brother Ohene, we had them talk about the word because we have to grow in the word, in the Bible. If you don't have a Bible-based church, your church is crazy. Holy Ghost is leading you all sorts of places. It's amazing what people tell me what the Holy Ghost tell them. I said, the Holy Ghost didn't tell you that. How do you know? Because I don't know what spirit you've been talking to you, but in black and white, it says. In fact, <laughs> There are some things that are written in that book that you don't even have to pray about. Oh, Lord, I'm in CVS. And you know I need that Snickers bar. I think the Lord is leading me to just take it because they have so many other Snickers bars in CVS. In fact, the Lord has told me to take two that I might give to the poor. <laughs> the Lord says, thou shalt not steal. Grow in grace. He says this, Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Paul says these words, I am who I am. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. I am who I am by the grace of God. And he basically said, everything I'm able to accomplish, the things that you're seeing, they say, how in the world is he accomplishing that? Paul says, it was the grace of God in me. His grace will cause us to accomplish far more than we could ever dream of. That's why we need his grace. Growing in grace means growing in success. Yes, success is a gift from God. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to have favor. Jesus grew in favor. Folks, if you don't have favor, you're not going to make it. 
when someone decides to give you a grant out of all the grants that people could be get, receive and they choose you, that is favor. Some of you are like, I don't need favor. Trust me, you have no idea the favor that God has put on your life. All favor means is preferential treatment. All favor means is I decide to choose you. Why? Do I have the best grade? Do you realize that there are people who are upset because they're not getting into Harvard because they have better grades than somebody else, but Harvard just says, I just choose you. There are people who like you, who shouldn't like you. Some of you, your best friends, you like have brothers from another mother. Sisters who are closer to you than your natural sisters. That is favor. That is, they just prefer you. And you need to pray for favor every day. Pray that your children bump into people. How many of you have friends that you said, I don't know how in the world we connected? Some of you have friends from another part of the world that, how did you meet them? It was a favor of God. And over my leaders, I pray regularly, at least four or five times a week. God, give them favor. Favor with men. Well, I need his favor of God. No, I want both. Because Jesus had both. So there's successful favor. There's success, successful grace, which is favor. And then there is sustaining grace, which is strength. Which is, which is when you go through things that you should have lost your mind, think, uh, Sister Talisa said that, you don't, you shouldn't take courage, you shouldn't take credit for that. Well, I went through, why can't you go through? That is the grace of God. Me, me remove the grace of God, and you will curl up like in a fetal position saying, I'll never go outside. The grace of God. And, 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 and Paul said it this way, where sin abound, grace did much more abound. You are not in any situation that God cannot strengthen you to go through. Because there's always going to be more grace than sin. So there's these characteristics of grace that God wants us to have that Jesus has. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, goodness, or godness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. Now, if I stood on a scale, what does a scale give me an indication of? My weight. Okay? A speedometer gives me an indication of what? My speed. An odometer gives me an indication of what? Okay, distance. Okay, so there's always things that measure whether you are progressing or digressing. Whether you're going forward or going backwards. That's what grades are for. There's, there's these scales. And and the point I want to make is, is that community is the scale that measures my love, my joy, my peace, my patience, my self-centeredness, my temperance, 
they, that's why you can't grow outside a community. Because you wouldn't know that you had a nerve unless someone got on your nerves. Because most of us, I mean, we, we say I, I get on my own nerves, but you really don't get on your own nerves. How do I know that? Because you don't react when someone else gets on your nerves the way you react when you get on your own nerves. Are you following me? So that's why you can only grow. I don't care. Well, you know, I memorize all the scriptures of love. Well, let's see how that operates in community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of you notice how, how impatient you are just by driving. Driving in Ethiopia is like driving in Nigeria. It's like driving in Ghana, no offense, but you need to be a brave person. It is not for the faint of heart. Come on, my Nigerians, you know what I'm talking about. I would pass the work none. He, he, he hired a driver for our entire trip. He says, I ain't even driving here and I'm from here. There were times he's, and, and he's, he said, oh, Pastor Green, sit up front. <laughs> no, you're the man of God. We honor you. And I'm like, okay. And there were some times I was like, eh, eh. There were times when I said, well, the church got, you know, foreign travel insurance on me and hope you find somebody else. Because <laughs> we were in some spot, so that was like, there were, there, I'm telling you, there were this doesn't usually, ha this has never happened to me in the States. There were times when I saw the driver ready to do something, and I just went, I just closed my eyes. I, I just closed my eyes and said, I know we're going to make it to the other side. I know we're going to make it to the other side. Woo, Jesus. But you learn. You, 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 you learn about yourself in community. Uh, my, my young man, oh, little guy there, what is, what's his name? Elijah. Oh, my God is the Lord. Why don't you come up here? See, that's what you learn in community. Oh, okay, I'm almost finished here for the young people. Okay. So you like hunting up seriously? Yeah, look. Oh, you got to show that. Yeah, you liked it, huh? Yeah, yeah. So he, so he, he wakes up and he's like, ooh, I, he can see. How many of you, you can come home and you can see like your favorite meal or your cereal? You're like, yes. And so he goes in the refrigerator. Why don't you come? You go in the refrigerator. Okay, and no, come on. So we'll fake like you put you know, cereal in here and you're ready. And now I want you to pour the milk in. Yeah, pour, open up, open it up and pour the milk in. Pour the milk in. And, and. How many of y'all know? You, you, can, you can take that part. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. How many of y'all know this must milk 
ain't gonna it ain't gonna do it for your cereal. Can I get can I get a witness? Okay, men, men, men. How many of you all just eat just one bowl of cereal? Okay, okay. Man, see, 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 see. I knew there was one. <laughs> but most of us, shoot, we'll eat one or two, two or three bowls. And now that we're working and got our own jobs, oh, yeah. We'll sit in front of the TV. Can I get a witness, man? Okay. Now, this is my point. How many of you, just look straight, and I'll, I'll preach it this way. How many of you huh, know that you just had a bowl of cereal, huh? And you knew there was only this much milk in the cotton, but you took the cotton and put it in the refrigerator anyways. Mm, turn to your neighbors and he's talking about you. You knew! You knew there wasn't enough milk. And so you lied to yourself. Well, they may want tea, a cocoa. You knew! How many of you hate when people just do this? People buy, <laughs> I don't need to put up both hands, okay? And my point is, is that you wouldn't know you were selfish. Until you had lived with a group. You know, I didn't know how selfish I was until I got married. When I was single, I had a whole, sorry, I had a whole queen size bed to myself. And then this woman comes along. And, 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 and I, just in full transparency, you know, you know, I, we, we, I kind of create a good culture in our, in our bed. And, and what I mean, no, there ain't no TMI here, but the, the point is this, is that my wife be like, okay, we snuggle. I'm like, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to have guys raise their hand, but my mentality, no, this is your side of the bed. Can I get a witness? Okay, okay. And the guys are like, I'm raising my hand. <laughs> this is my side of the bed. That is your side of the bed. And sometimes common, like, like she'll get to bed before me and she's all spread out. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is your side. It's your side. No fearsies, this is your side. But I realize that's, that's, that's selfishness. We, 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 we don't realize how selfish we are until we're in community. Why should you always got to be praising the Lord like that? Why does that bother you? Every time I see him, he's standing up in there. Why does that bother you? Close your eyes and you do your thing. Yeah. Oh, there they go again. <laughs> on the other hand is, you know, come on, come on, praise the Lord. Well, 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 maybe they just want to be quiet. Maybe they focus more on God 
in a quiet atmosphere. Like, Come on, lift your hands up and praise the Lord. What's that? You don't love Jesus? You're like, get away from me. That's why I go to a Catholic church. Get away from me. I want quiet. That's why I worship God. But we learn about ourselves in community. We learn about ourselves. I want to pause right there let the Sunday school students and their teachers go. Because the point is, is that that gift, fruit of spirit called goodness, is really the J.B. Phillips translation translates that word generosity. The fruit of the spirit is generosity. And so here's the point I'm saying is that is I want to make this place a place where Jesus can grow in people's lives. I want to make PT a place where Jesus can grow. That Jesus and us can grow. I want to make PT a place where if you never met Jesus, you would want to meet Jesus so that he can grow inside of you. That's 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 the goal. And 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 I may not succeed succeed. But that is my passion. How do I get Jesus to grow inside of our lives, inside of our church? How can we cultivate more joy? How can we cultivate more peace? How can we be the type of people that when people around us, they say, I just feel so peaceful. I feel, I feel calm when I'm around you. That's, that's the Jesus inside of me. I want to be, I want this to be that place. I want this to be a place where people say, I know one thing, when I go to Pentecostal Tabernacle, Jesus will grow in my child. Jesus will grow in my spouse. Jesus will grow in me. We do this, we do this, uh, <clears throat> uh, this, this, we have this tool that helps us to find out where we have favor. And one of the tools that we use, we use a number of tools, but one of the tools that we use is called Strength Finders. And what Strength Finders is, is a, it's, a, it's a testing mechanism. There's this, there's other ones. But it's a testing mechanism that helps you discover what you're strong in so you can work on your strengths. And, and I realize that my, what my top five strengths are, but, but um, I found out, I, I looked at that, at my top three of my top four strengths, and I have this acronym that I'm going to use from now on, and that acronym is that I'm a bad man. Uh, if you ever watch First Take, uh, uh, Stephen uh, A. Smith calls Aaron Rodgers, he's a bad man. And, and we, and, you know, back in those days, bad men good. You know, Michael Jackson had his song, I'm bad, you know it, etc. So what I'm saying, a bad man, just in case people aren't missing, like, oh, wow, I thought you were a good man. No, I'm, <laughs> bad means like you're cool. And, and, and so as a bad man, my acronym is, is that, because one of my, my top strength is belief. And then my other strength is activate. Another strength I have is developing. And so 
when I realized now I understood my life because as a person who 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 has a strength of belief, meaning that I just believe in people. I, I just believe that God can do the impossible. I never knew why I had this thing in me. Why, why can't you just believe God? And people look at me like, you're crazy. How's that going to happen? But I just believe. Then there's activate, meaning that you know, I want things active. I want things moving. And then as a developer, I want to see people developing and growing. So when we, so I, I, I not only want to be a bad man, but I want PT to be the badlands. I want PT to be a place that believes in people. I want Pentecostal Tabernacle to be a place that activates people. I want to, PT to be a place where people are developed. In other words, believing people get them glowing. Activating people get them. And developing people get them growing. Get them glowing. Get them going. Get them growing. Are you following me so far? That's what this place needs to be about. Get people glowing. Get people to believe in themselves. The last thing someone comes to me wants to hear is, man, yeah, you really messed up. <laughs> they're, they're looking discouraged. They're looking down. They're looking frustrated. And they say, Pastor, you know, I, I just can't get it together. The last thing they need to hear from me is, yeah, you can't get it together. There's no hope for you. You need to find another church. No, I, I, wanna, I want to let people know that I believe in them. There's something about when people believe in you, there's this glow on your face that says, wow, they believe in me. Isn't it interesting that as soon as Jesus rose from the grave, he says, where's Peter? Peter, remember that prophecy I gave you that, you know, you're going to be the rock? Guess what, Peter? I still believe in you. Get people activated. You can have a credit card, but if it's not activated, it's not doing anything. Okay, let, let's get people going. Let's get people going. Let's let's live our lives ready, aim, fire, as opposed to ready, aim, 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 aim. I'm aiming to do, I'm aiming. Look, fire. Let's get it going. And then get people growing. And I really believe that our philosophy, and this is my final point we'll put, our philosophy needs to move from, our philosophy right now is get people, get people glowing. Are you with me? Get people growing and then get people going. What do I mean? So, we have these classes, and we're like, okay, we're going to teach, 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 and then we have these conversations. We think they're ready yet. Nah, they need a few more, so teach, 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 and we have this mentality that based on how much information you have, oh, this is a bad word right here. We we live our lives that based on the information we have, we assume that we're growing. Information is not growth. 
care how many scriptures you know about healing. Have you been healed? I don't want... My sister-in-law is a nurse, or was a retired nurse, for 40 years at a children's hospital. A nurse. And so what usually happens, and she always tells me this story, these young interns who she's old enough, she's, she's been a nurse, a nurse longer than they've been, they've been alive. And because she's just a little nurse, they come in there with their attitude and, and you know, eventually what ends up happening is that because she knows more than they've, you know, she's forgotten more than they know. Um, she eventually says, you need to do such and such and so and so. And they look at her like, how did you know that? Well, I've had 40 years experience. You just came out of school. Information is not growing. And as Dr. Howard Henry's going to say, we know more scriptures than we want to be accountable for. Turn as he's talking about you. We can memorize a whole lot of scriptures on have faith, believe God. Then we get a little bill that's $100 and we're freaking out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can I borrow some money from you? Can I? Like, what, what, where was trust God? Oh, what was that, what was that big testimony? I trust God. Huh? Oh, the Bible says huh? the just shall live by faith. And people waving you on. <laughs> So we're going to need to change our philosophy to get people glowing, get them going. Even if they're not ready, get them going. You'll grow. Trust me, you, you'll grow. you grow. <laughs> isn't it interesting, I just love, isn't it interesting that God does not wait till you memorize every scripture on healing and then allows you to get sick? Isn't it interesting that God doesn't uh, teach you all the scriptures on how he'll provide your needs and then you lose your job? No. What happens is that you get sick, you lose your job, and then now it's all of a sudden, oh God, uh, where are the scriptures now?